Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. From the Bloomberg Interactive Burger Studios, this is Bloomberg Daybreak for Thursday, May 11th. Coming up today... Janet Yellen says a debt default could impact national security. Donald Trump urges Republicans to get spending cuts or push the country into default. The Biden administration warns of difficulty at the border as Title 42 ends. And Disney shares slump as subscriber growth falls. New York Mayor Adams calls for more mental health services after the chokehold death of a homeless man. Plus, Democrat Dianne Feinstein was back on the Senate floor. I'm Michael Barr. More ahead. I'm John Stashower and Sports. The Knicks kept their season alive. They beat the Heat in Game 5 wins for the Mets and Yankees. That's all straight ahead on Bloomberg Daybreak. The business news you need to start your day in just one 15-minute podcast. Each morning on Apple, Spotify, the Bloomberg Business app, and everywhere you get your podcasts. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Here are the stories we're following today. We begin with the debt ceiling stalemate. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen says failure to avoid a default would have devastating consequences. In my assessment, and that of economists across the board, a default on U.S. obligations would produce an economic and financial catastrophe. A default would threaten the gains that we've worked so hard to make over the past few years in our pandemic recovery, and it would spark a global downturn that would set us back much further. Speaking at the G7 in Japan, Yellen said a default would also undermine Washington's ability to defend national security. Meanwhile, President Biden says an agreement needs to be reached. If we default on our debt, the whole world is in trouble. This is a manufactured crisis. There's no question about America's ability to pay its bills. America is the strongest economy in the world, and we should be cutting spending and lowering the deficit without a needless crisis in a responsible way. President Biden is scheduled to resume debt talks with House Speaker Kevin McCarthy tomorrow. It's a subject we will address in an exclusive interview with Janet Yellen. Tune in for that conversation with the Treasury Secretary tomorrow morning on Bloomberg Daybreak. Meantime, Nathan, Donald Trump is weighing in on debt ceiling talks. The Republican presidential frontrunner is urging his party not to give in. I say to the Republicans out there, congressmen, senators, if they don't give you massive cuts, you're going to have to do a default. And I don't believe they're going to do a default because I think the Democrats will absolutely cave. Former President Trump made the comments at a town hall event with CNN last night. Well, the default deadline, Karen, isn't the only one we're following this morning. Hundreds of U.S. troops are being deployed to the U.S. southern border, along with marshals, immigration officials, and the National Guard as Title 42 restrictions come to an end. Amy Morris has details from our Bloomberg 99.1 newsroom in Washington. Title 42 allowed U.S. officials to expel migrants who crossed the southern border because of COVID restrictions, but the COVID health emergency was allowed to expire, and so was Title 42. New immigration policies will be in effect at the border, and the Biden administration is bracing for a new wave of migrants. Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas tells ABC, difficult days lie ahead. Make no mistake about it. 
it's going to be difficult for a while, and that is indeed what we are experiencing. The U.S. has agreements with several countries to deny entry and send migrants back to their country of origin. Regional centers are also being set up to determine asylum status before they even start their journey. And it will be harder to claim asylum status. In Washington, I'm Amy Morris, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Amy, thanks. Well, elsewhere in politics, New York Congressman George Santos has pleaded not guilty to a broad range of fraud and money laundering charges. The Long Island Republican is defying mounting pressure that he resign. I'm going to fight my battle. I'm going to deliver. I'm going to fight the witch hunt. I'm going to take care of clearing my name, and I look forward to doing that. And Congressman Santos spoke outside a federal courthouse on Long Island after posting a half-million-dollar bond. The 13-count indictment accuses Santos of using campaign donations for his personal benefit, applying for jobless benefits while he was working during the pandemic, and lying to the House of Representatives. Let's turn to markets now, Karen. We're watching shares of Disney this morning. They're down more than 5%. Profit was in line with estimates, but the company's streaming service, Disney Plus, lost subscribers for the second straight quarter. Gita Ranganathan covers Disney for Bloomberg Intelligence. The subscriber loss is a little bit concerning. We do know that they implemented a 40% price hike on their Disney Plus service towards the end of last year. So it's going to be interesting to see whether it was the churn that kind of caused that subscriber loss. Gita Ranganathan with Bloomberg Intelligence says paid subscriptions to Disney Plus fell below $158 million. Analysts had expected just over $163 million. Well, on the economic front today, Nathan, we will get our second reading on inflation in as many days. This time, it's data on April's producer prices. We get a preview from Bloomberg's Michael McKee. A rebound is forecast after producer prices unexpectedly fell in March. The drop didn't lead to a fall in consumer prices, which rose during April. The two series don't directly translate as processing, transportation, and other middleman costs affect what consumers pay. That said, a small increase in wholesale prices in April would still leave headline and core PPI inflation lower for the year, a trend that would be a good sign, at least, that the Fed is on the right track in its efforts to bring down inflation. Although today's report likely will have no impact on their next policy decision in June. Michael McKee, Bloomberg Daybreak. All right, Mike, thanks. In Europe, the Bank of England set to raise interest rates by a quarter point today. The move would take the U.K.'s base rate to its highest level since 2008. But Bloomberg U.K. correspondent Lizzie Burden says we are not expecting a unanimous decision from the central bank. We are expecting a quarter point hike to 4.5%, but there is going to be a vote split on the committee. Economists reckon it will be the same as last time, 7-2, because you've got doves like Silvana Tenreiro saying to be a hawk right now is like being a fool in the shower. Time now to take a look at some of the other stories making news in New York and around the world with Bloomberg's Michael Barr. Good morning, Michael. Good morning, Nathan. New York Mayor Eric Adams is calling for more mental health services following the chokehold death of a homeless man on a city subway train. Authorities say Jordan Neely had a history of mental illness before he was choked to death, allegedly, by a Marine veteran. Daniel Penny says Neely was acting aggressively in the subway car. Mayor Adams. Jordan Neely did not deserve to die. And all of us must work together to do more for our brothers and sisters struggling with serious mental illness. Mayor Adams says the circumstances surrounding Neely's death are still being investigated. California Democratic Senator Dianne Feinstein appeared on the Senate floor and voted on measures. 
The oldest serving U.S. Senator returned to the Capitol in a wheelchair as she continues to recover from shingles. Her absence has been a problem for Democrats who need her votes on the Judiciary Committee to confirm judicial nominees. Peru's government will allow the extradition to the U.S. of the prime suspect in the unsolved 2005 disappearance of American student Natalie Holloway to Aruba. Dutch citizen Jordan van der Sloot will face trial for alleged extortion and wire fraud charges stemming from the Holloway case. Van der Sloot is currently serving a 28-year sentence in Peru for the murder of a young Peruvian woman. It is a growing problem for hospitals nationwide, cyber attacks. Experts say the number of attacks has doubled since 2016 and is driving up the cost of medical care. For 28 days, the University of Vermont Medical Center was on the business end of a ransomware attack in 2020. Dr. Stephen Leffler, president of UVM Medical Center. We've had three years of COVID. This was much harder by a factor of 10. There were people that were scheduled for staging cancer operations and we had to make a decision should we do it and we did them when it was appropriate some were able to delay dr leffler says 1300 hospital servers and 5,000 computers had to be wiped a job so big vermont's governor called in the national guard she played bobby spencer on the longtime abc soap general hospital when i were younger i'd toss a picture of margaritas all over you. Jackie Zeman has died at age 70. Global News 24 hours a day, powered by more than 2,700 journalists and analysts in over 120 countries. I'm Michael Barr. This is Bloomberg Nathan. Thanks, Michael. Time now for the Bloomberg Sports Update with John Stashauer. All right, Nathan, long way to go to come back and win the series, but the Knicks and their fans did not want to see the season end. On the garden floor in game five. Didn't look great early. The Heat went up by 10 and a good Nick finish the first half. Four seconds. Randall pushing. Crowd rising. Fades. Fires the three. Knocks it down. With point six to go. Pass out of bio. Tries the lane. Layup with the buzzer missed. And that's going to do it. The first half in the books ending with a Randall three. Knicks by three at 50-47 of game five. On ESPN New York, Knicks then had an 18-2 run. Third quarter went up by 19. Sure enough, Miami rallied. Cut it down to two. Knicks held on. 113-102. Jalen Brunson carried them. Played all 48 minutes. Scored 38 points. The Knicks lived to play another day. Tomorrow night, Game 6 in Miami. Golden State did the same thing. Won Game 5 at home, now needing two more. Game 6 with the Lakers tomorrow in L.A. Sixers and Nuggets on 3-2 leads. Pair of Game 6s tonight. The NBA has hired retired legendary Duke coach Mike Krzyzewski as a special advisor for operations. The Heat, not the only eighth seed from South Florida that was last night trying to advance to the conference final. The Panthers hadn't lost since April 23rd. Going for a sweep. Toronto stayed alive, winning 2-1. Edmonton beat Vegas. The Devils... Face elimination tonight, Game 5 at Carolina. Justin Verlander's first win is a Met. 2-1 at Cincinnati. The Yankees' first series sweep. 11-3 route of lowly Oakland tonight at the stadium. The start of a big four-game series with Tampa Bay. The Giants learned their game at Philadelphia will be on Christmas. And the Jets will host Miami on Black Friday. John Stashell at Bloomberg Sports. Success is more than the final destination. It's a path you take one step at a time. It's discipline. It's teamwork. And it's the drive and passion inside of us that comes before all recognition. It's what Stiefel's been doing for over 130 years. Quietly, yet strategically, Stiefel's become one of the fastest growing wealth management and investment banking firms in the country. 
Our financial advisors go beyond traditional wealth management to provide clients with direct access to one of the industry's largest equity research franchises and a leading middle market investment bank because success is the drive it takes to keep climbing, the passion to keep investing, the best of each of us made better by the best in all of us. And that is where success meets success. Start your journey at Stiefel.com. That's S-T-I-F-E-L.com. Stiefel Nicholas and Company Incorporated, member SIPC and NYSE. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code RADIO20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival. Live from coast to coast, from New York to San Francisco, Boston to Washington, D.C., nationwide on Sirius XM, the Bloomberg Business App, and Bloomberg.com. This is Bloomberg Daybreak. Good morning. I'm Nathan Hager. The fight over the debt ceiling in the U.S. is now getting international attention. Pressure is building on the White House and Congress to come to an agreement. Treasury Secretary Janet Yellen is in Japan warning a default on U.S. obligations would be unthinkable. America should never default. It would be tremendously economically and financially damaging. Secretary Yellen spoke ahead of the G7 finance minister summit in Japan. Let's bring in Julie Norman once again for more on the debt ceiling. Fight Julie is co-director of the Center on U.S. Politics at University College London. Good morning, Julie. The Treasury Secretary is saying that uh, if the U.S. does flirt with default, it would undermine America's international standing, affect national security. Does that add any further pressure on lawmakers back in Washington? Good morning, Nathan. I, I wish I could say that, yes, it would. But honestly, you know, Yellen's statements, as important as they are, are things that are hopefully well known to everyone involved in this debate already, that the stakes of this are extremely high, not only for the United States, but indeed for the world's economy, for the U.S.'s uh, sense of leadership within that and for global markets. So I don't think she's saying anything that's a surprise to anyone. It is important that she is saying this at the G7, but what's really going to matter is what is hashed out in Washington. And unfortunately, we're still not seeing much more movement there. Are you surprised that the Treasury Secretary is not in Washington right now when we are about three weeks from the X date that she set? Well, I mean, the G7 finance meeting, I think, is important as well. And, uh, you know, it's it's, again, a, a place where U.S. leadership on economic issues is central. And so it's important for her to be there, I think, as well. And look, Yellen, I think, was sounding the alarm bells about this, you know, months in advance. She has been a very vocal um advocate for trying to get this worked out from the very beginning. So whether she's making comments, uh, you know, from Asia or in the U.S. right now, I don't think is going to make or break the issue. But um, but the, the important thing is that she's weighing in and she has been doing that consistently. And now we're hearing former President Donald Trump weigh in as well to CNN town hall last night saying Republicans should go for default if they don't get deep spending cuts. What does that add to this, Julie? Yeah, well, unfortunately, I think it does give a bit more cover to uh, representatives in the House who want to just double down on this. It 
makes it a bit harder, I think, for McCarthy to, even if he was able to negotiate some kind of agreement with Biden, which is very, very far down the road, the idea that he could get um, everyone in his caucus on board with Trump saying things like this, it just makes it that much harder. So I do think it um, muddies things even further when Trump is weighing in. And, you know, it it rallies base members who may not have been following this issue that much before. But when Trump starts saying things, people often pay attention and, uh, and start pressuring that way. Does it get the attention of the people that we're told are negotiating behind the scenes at the staff level to try to come to some kind of middle ground? Uh, to a point, honestly, I think those who are at the staff level actually do want to get some kind of deal through. They are very aware of what the stakes are. And I do think the four congressional leaders and Biden who are meeting are all very well aware, but they're all very well aware of the politics around them. Also, I think Biden has learn and perhaps overlearn the lessons from the 2011 negotiations and is a bit wary of um, negotiating with a House speaker who just doesn't think has the leverage to push through any kind of negotiated settlement. They don't want to eat big spending cuts like the Obama administration did. But at the same time, I think Biden is also taking a political hit by looking like he's not uh, negotiating good faith or being willing to have even a bipartisan conversation. And this all sets us up for the uh, second round of talks coming up tomorrow. Do you think there's going to be any further progress to come out of the latest discussions? We've got about a minute left here. Yeah, I wish I could say yes. My sense of this is still going to be a little bit more drawn out than that. I think the most we can hope for is some kind of um, mini agreement with uh, that would allow for an extension for more uh, extended negotiations to go on. What I think we see Biden and Democrats doing now is trying to see if they can get some moderate Republicans in the House who would maybe vote along with a Democrat bill that would be more of a clean lift. And they seem to still want to see where they can get there before they make too many concessions. So again, important as always that they're meeting, the sense of a breakthrough. I don't see it happening tomorrow, but we'll see what they say. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Today, your morning brief on the stories making news from Wall Street to Washington and beyond. Look for us on your podcast feed at 6 a.m. Eastern each morning on Apple, Spotify, and anywhere else you get your podcasts. You can also listen live each morning starting at 5 a.m. Wall Street time on Bloomberg 1130 in New York, Bloomberg 99.1 in Washington, Bloomberg 1061 in Boston, and Bloomberg 960 in San Francisco. Our flagship New York station is also available on your Amazon Alexa devices. Just say Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130. Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM Channel 119, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com. I'm Nathan Hager. And I'm Karen Moscow. Join us again tomorrow morning for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak. Collaborate for a greener future at the Bloomberg Green Festival, a groundbreaking celebration of the thinkers, doers, and innovators leading the way. From design and culture to technology, science, and entertainment. Hear from inspirational speakers and immerse yourself in climate solutions, July 10th through 13th in Seattle. Title sponsor, Amazon. Official airline, Alaska Airlines. Get 20% off using promo code Radio20 at BloombergLive.com slash Green Festival.